Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Embodied Divinity. I'm so excited to introduce you today to Jenna Fay, who is our beautiful featured guest this week. Jenna Fay is a soul evolution guide, new earth architect, and seven-figure leadership and business mentor for conscious female entrepreneurs. She's the CEO of the Soul Meet Strategy, and she guides feminine leaders to ascend into their highest timeline, embody their full magic, and scale their soul business sustainably. She is a podcaster, best-selling author, international speaker, and community cultivator known for her impactful brand and movement for conscious women around the world. I love the conversation that Jenna and I embarked on in this episode, talking about everything from the unfolding of the awakening journey to how to get yourself out of a bad day and know that you are worthy and ready to receive in every single state that you're in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, breathe deep and plan on miracles. Hey, Divine One, Nikaila Mariah, inner child and self-mastery expert and divine channel at your service. And this is my podcast. It is my mission to guide you back into remembering of all that you are as you stand in your highest self and live this life on earth in your fullest and most joy-filled ability. It's time to stand in your power, optimize your energy and let wealth rain down on you as you get clear on your energy, mind, body and spirit. This is for the divine ones, the cosmic beings, the creatives, industry leaders, and stars who are ready to activate their fullest potential and live a life of purpose, peace, and wealth as we create a new world. It's time to remember who the fuck you are and act accordingly. Let's get started. I am so excited for you guys to meet Jenna Faye. Jenna, welcome to Embodied Divinity. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I have a quick question for you. So as I was reading over your bio and all of the amazing things you did, I just want to know, like, why this? Why spirituality and higher conscious living? And I know you work a lot with getting people to attract and align with their ideal clients if they're going into this field for monetary reasons. And I just want to know, like, why did you, were you born with this deep desire or where did it come from? Oh my gosh, this is a good but loaded question. I'll give you maybe the medium version. And then if you want to go deeper, we can. Um, because I feel like in some ways, yeah, I, I think most of us, you know, probably people listening to this were born with it to some level. But I also feel like I, as many of us do, kind of come to earth with amnesia and kind of forgot in a lot of ways, at least from what I can remember. But at the same time, when I think of all the way back to my childhood, I wasn't raised in like a religious or spiritual household. Um, It wasn't really nurtured, but I actually had really extreme paranoia growing up. And I feel, especially as I've done deeper healing and remembering, a lot of it really sparked from the fact that I was a really multidimensional child and it wasn't really being nurtured. And my parents, you know, I love them and they just don't know what they don't know, but they were saying things like, oh, like maybe you know, maybe you're schizophrenic, maybe you're bipolar, this and that, because I was seeing like literal spirits and stuff. So I feel like it really made me feel confused and like pretty suppressed for a long time. So as I got older into like teenage, young adult years, I wasn't 
particularly spiritual or awakened, I wouldn't say. And then what kind of re-sparked that and became a catalyst, I would say was kind of twofold. One, I was in a seven-year relationship with someone who was actually, I know it's a, a buzzword, but like was actually really narcissistic, was abusive. It ended in a restraining order. And it was like a huge identity crisis for me, leaving that relationship. And I had been a stepmom in that relationship as well. So I had built this like totally different life too, where I was also working a corporate kind of soul sucking job. And I was super overweight. I was selling and smoking a crazy amount of weed just to kind of like numb out. So I wasn't really on an awakened path, I would say at that point. Yet at the same time, that was all such a catalyst for me. And it really started to be honest with my own health journey where I was still in the relationship. I was still at the job, but I was like, I need to make a change in my health. And I, from there, ended up getting into network marketing just while I was looking for products and stuff to support me. I started going to the gym and long story short, I feel like that sparked so much and opened the doors for me of entrepreneurship and community and personal development, which then got me dipping my toes in kind of the spiritual. And it kind of just was this compound effect of activations and rememberings that from there, it's just been this kind of like rocket ship <laughs> since since then in the past decade, we'll say, of building my business, but also developing myself as a person and really working on my healing of everything from my inner child to, you know, working with plant medicine to I've been traveling the world for seven years. And I feel like each piece was like an aspect that has led to, and it's not like I'm fully healed or fully awakened, but it's definitely helped to open so much for me. Oh, thank you for sharing. I have so yeah. many questions. We'll see how much we get to, but I do think it's interesting. You know, the, you're the fourth person now in a row that has had a, wow. a hard relationship become the catalyst. And even with the use, the overuse, or maybe the out of alignment use of cannabis with their journey, wow having kind of like a health crisis, whether some of the people who came on, it was a disease with you. Maybe it was your weight or whatever was the big part for you. And I just think it's so interesting. I think the question that I want to ask, just because I think it's kind of insightful is, do you think we, what role do you think I'm going to call it suffering plays in our path to alignment this is such a brilliant question and I personally feel like it's a huge a huge piece not that I want any of us to necessarily suffer but we do come to earth I feel to live in a really polarizing dualistic realm and I know for me having the contrast of varying levels of suffering and I think for a lot of us on the awakening path it often starts with like the physical kind of really obvious external manifestations whether we're talking a health issue a relationship issue misalignment in our job to kind of be the mirror of things I always say especially as women it's like we often kind of learn what we want through what we don't want so it's like oh I don't want to be in a shitty relationship or I don't want to be in a soul-sucking job hmm, well what do I want and so sometimes I feel like we need that contrast to get curious about what do we desire and like what's actually there for us and that can work in tandem with 
our actual awakening path as well. I totally agree. And I, I know that it's really hard in those hard moments to be grateful for the harder experiences, but I feel like all of us who have come out on the other end, there is a deep sense of gratitude in the hard shit, even like you would never wish a narcissistic relationship on someone else, but now I'm assuming, and maybe not, you can look back at that with gratitude with all of the things that you've learned. Can we talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me in that relationship, maybe just for some context. So I got into that relationship, I was 17. And I was still in high school. And I met someone who was older than me, he was 20. And he had just found out that he had a son from a one night stand. Um, And that was like a whole thing in itself. And I remember from like, literally the day I met my ex, saying to myself, I'm like, I think he's going to really hurt me. I wasn't thinking physically, but I was like, he was kind of a bad boy. And I think so many of us, you know, we get attracted to some of that shadow kind of stuff. And so that embarked into a seven year relationship where we immediately moved in with each other. And I was kind of living this like weird dualistic life, even with that, because he was struggling with addiction and so many issues, which made me outside of cannabis be like a pretty like good girl like I was trying to set a good example be a supportive partner be a role model for his son and also putting myself through school taking care of my grandma full-time my friends at that point called me mother Jenna because I was literally taking care of everyone I was like hey you want a lasagna come on over for dinner I'll make it for you I'm like taking care of everybody but myself so it was just like another mirror that maybe I didn't see at the time but now I'm like oh I see there was a pattern (laughs) there and so it kind of all just compounded where I was obviously not feeling really certain in myself and my worth where I let that relationship play out for so long and I think so many of us that end up in kind of toxic relationship cycles at least in my experience it's because we can also see the good in someone usually a, a tough relationship isn't horrible like all of the time and I definitely felt like I was on that roller coaster where there was like a couple good months and then it would be like really really bad and you know after seven years it hit the point where we had just moved into like a big suburban house together I was working at my corporate job we were about to get full custody of my ex's son which I had funded the tens of thousand dollars of legal bills for and my ex had been gone on a three-week bender he hadn't even shown up to our new house and we were about to get custody and it kind of hit me I was like I'm gonna be a single mom to somebody else's child who don't get me wrong I loved his son Um, but his son really wanted a a dad. He wanted a male role model. He had like six different women in his life, all kind of vying for his love and attention. And he really just wanted a dad. And it kind of hit me where I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And that was, you know, such a big catalyst to end the relationship, which wasn't easy. Like I said, that ended in a restraining order after some violence, um, because it didn't go so smooth to say, hey, things are done. And once I healed and started shifting through that, which to also be transparent was a process in itself, like where I had many times said I was leaving that relationship and then didn't. Um, And even after that, with a restraining order, like I was still meeting up with my ex, because I think sometimes we get so deep into like the victim, savior, wounded kind of complex. So it took a while to like fully disentangle myself but from there I feel like things like things lifted 
And I started to build a business. I also started to do just things that I would never normally do. Like I signed up for two seasons of burlesque dancing, even though I have crazy stage fright and thought I was going to die, but for some reason thought it was a great idea to go do that. And I think sometimes we think of like awakening and ascension in these things as something that's like really spiritual, but I also feel like sometimes it's just doing the things that scare us and stepping out of our comfort zone is like the most spiritual thing that I think sometimes we can do. And also just choosing ourselves and, and moving out of toxic patterns that aren't actually serving our higher self anymore. So I know that was kind of a, a tangent. <laughs> no, I love that. And it, it's, it's what I think is really beautiful about your share in this conversation is I think so much, especially in, if you're at all involved in the online coaching industry or online spirituality communities, what you see, and it's, thank goodness it's getting better. Like, I will say that, but I know for me going through my journey, it felt like it was just everybody living their best life online. And so it's like, I, I feel like I'm awakening, but I'm not what she, I'm not doing what she's doing, you know? And so I love yours because it really talks about this really beautiful, slow and steady unfolding of one conscious choice after another. And I think that's what awakening really is about. It's not this huge one moment where, and I know it can happen where just all of a sudden your Kundalini can rise and you burst and everything's peace and bliss, but it really is this conscious unfolding of one better step today than you took yesterday. What do you have to say around that? Well, I feel like we're on the same wavelength even before, obviously, we started recording this because right before I came on this episode with you, I literally just wrote a post about basically this. Um, and I, I did, it was just an, an totally inspired, you know, when you write a post and you're not even like planning to write a post about a topic and then all of a sudden you're writing something that channels through in 10 minutes and you hit post. It was one of those kind of days where it was, it wasn't like, oh, I should write a transparent post. It was just this moment where I'm like, this should be shared and expressed. Where Cliff notes, I wrote how this has actually been a really hard year. And I think sometimes people think if someone has built a business, I, I see this happen a lot where people project like, oh, you've built your business to over seven figures. You must have it all figured out. Everything must be perfect and easy. I'm like, that's just, you know, a, a milestone that I suppose we can celebrate, but it gets too fixated on in this industry. And ultimately the post I wrote was that this has been a really hard year, not per se, just specifically in, in my business, but it's been everything from having to rehome one of my dogs to my car. I live two hours out of town to it's been in the shop for like eight months because basically the engine exploded. <laughs> like there's been so many obstacles this year from like grieving friendships that fell out to, you know, putting down a huge deposit to build a house in another country. And then that money got spent by the developer um, to you know, so many different things that have this year led to me having a lot of moments of kind of wavering, you know, not really trusting myself. And one of my mottos is like, hold the vision, not the circumstance. And it's like totally okay to have moments where like, maybe I want to burn it all down. Maybe I do suck. Maybe, you know, whatever the limiting story is, like, I think that's human. And I've had a lot of those moments this year. It's actually been like a really kind of foggy, heavy year, but then simultaneously, 
it's like I've been able to work with a lot of clients, create a lot of magic. I just accepted an invite to speak at a huge 200 person conference on stage. Like there's magic happening. And I feel like we can always make magic in the mess. I feel like that's one of my other mottos. And maybe after I can share, I have a good story about that too. But it's something where I think just in this industry, we feel like we have to have it all figured out and portray it in that way when realistically we're all just kind of walking each other home and we're all even if we're ascending into higher frequencies and energetics we're also still toggling in this like 3d matrix of a world where there is still going to be stuff that happens to work through and I think that doesn't define or determine if we're actually walking our highest path and like are we actually capable of receiving our dreams and our manifestations and are we actually in alignment because I think we can be in alignment but still have challenging things pop up in our world and in our reality as well I totally agree and that's what you know embodied divinity is all about it's like I think that so many people think that when you're awakened it's like that old adage you know that when the guy became enlightened and he still had to go do his laundry or chop wood or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, for me and my own experience, it's been like, you know, this year it's the same. And honestly, so many of us, I feel like on the path, 2023 has been this kind of season of void and rebirth and transcending on a whole nother level. But what I feel like is the things I'm facing now, I feel like would have knocked me on my feet 10 years ago. And they're not, they're still hard. There's still grief. It still aches. And I'm moving through it with a deep connection to source, right? Even when I doubt that source, I still feel it here within me because I've developed that trajectory one slow step at a time. And I think that's the thing is I I have such a hard time with the part of the industry that says things like you attract what you are. I don't think that everything's a mirror. I think that you can be in alignment, like you said, and shitty things are going to happen. And it's how you respond to those things and the faith and the headspace that you have going through those things that really define you. Not so much how life is happening for you. It's, I also feel like sometimes life is just happening to show you how far you've come, right. Then how well you can hold it all. Um, how does that resonate? I actually, I'm like, that's so good. I'm like, I was writing that down. It was that, it was just such a potent reminder because yeah, we have all come so far. And I feel like the things, even this year alone that I've navigated, like 10 years ago would have broke me. And there's just, I feel like the recovery time almost becomes easier. And I think that's a part of kind of playing in the quantum of collapsing time frames where it doesn't mean we don't experience stuff here in the human realm but I feel like we can move through it oftentimes easier or faster than maybe the old version of us from five years ago 10 years ago two months ago maybe would actually move through things and that we can also be moving through this stuff and still create really incredible experiences and things like you said it really is how do we respond to the stuff like I'm gonna not make it like take it on as an identity I think is a big thing and kind of be more in loving neutrality something I always think of is interesting perspective you know like if something is is someone is projecting something to me or sharing something that's not in resonance is whether I'm saying it or thinking it, it's like okay interesting perspective but we still get the discernment and sovereignty to choose what is 
our truth in that moment or not. Mm. Yeah. I love that. So Jenna, I know you work with a lot with getting people in alignment with the things they want to attract, whether it's clients, money, different experiences. Is that right? Yes, I would say so. So what would you say? Let's just say, and, and what maybe some of our listeners are going through this really hard time, but they still have, I think for me, the biggest thing I've noticed in my clients is like this huge ache, almost like their soul is screaming, like I want this, but their ego and identity is still stuck in those own pain bodies and patterns. How would you say is what were, what would the things you'd be to recommend them getting into that next step of alignment or, or being able to become something a frequency that can attract more good? Ooh, this is so good. I think there's so much I could say here, but the main thing that comes through, and this is something I teach, and I think it could be valuable for everyone listening, is what I call the vision beyond the vision. Because as things are kind of murky for people right now, if they're moving through a tough day or a tough season, I think it's really easy for a lot of us to get unclear and kind of wavering and wobbly on like what the vision is that we're stepping into. And simultaneously it's like our vision's always shifting and evolving so we don't need to be like 100 crystal clear and have it all perfected but i even found this this year with some of the things that have happened i kind of realized because i was feeling a little depressed some days and just feeling a little uninspired and i kind of realized like well, what is my vision right now like i kind of got away from it and i feel we can have these things happen like ie for me in the last five, six, seven years, I've been traveling a lot. And a a lot of it, to be honest, was quite fear driven. Some of it was like digital nomad adventure driven, but also there's been multiple times in the past few years that I've left Canada specifically being like, whoa, it's fucked here. I don't know if I can swear. I hope so. (laughs) I got to leave. And then gone places, but like kind of from like a running away from pain kind of energy, as opposed to like running towards something better, more pleasure, more of a vision. And so I kept playing that loop out for a while. And I found that it wasn't really creating the desired result of leaving from this like disempowered, my country is totalitarian, I need to go somewhere else, and then feeling kind of like a victim. And so I had to go through the layers of that. But then what happened was coming back to Canada, where I am right now, although I'm leaving again soon, but from a much better energetic, while being here, I felt kind of in a void because I didn't have the same motivator anymore of, okay, well, I need to figure out like, where is a better place to go? So I was just kind of here, just like coasting, knowing that I'm probably not going to stay, but hadn't really clarified what would be next. And I also wasn't really getting curious or asking. So I was just kind of in this like existence. And it kind of dawned on me that everything from like money to just other manifestations, like they they do kind of respond to a purpose and momentum. And we can shift and evolve what that is. But I realized I wasn't really holding a vision anymore in some ways. So I got kind of curious, well, what is the vision? And this is where I feel like often people leave it. It's like they're either in the void or they're kind of connecting a little bit to their vision of what they desire. And then they kind of just keep going about their day-to-day life. And then usually when stuff gets hard, then we hit resistance. We do more of what we know, whether that's hiding, freezing, procrastinating, whatever it is. So what I teach and what I feel like is so important is we go to what I call the vision beyond the vision. Because so often, because as humans, if we don't know what 
is on the other side of something and it's uncharted territory. It's like in our body, we literally feel like it could be death. I think we basically assume on a biological level, it'll probably be death. It'll be terrible. It'll be horrible. I don't know what's over there. So I probably should just not go. And I think this is why so many people, even if they have a vision and they're doing all the right things, they're like, why is it not happening faster? Why is it not materializing? But it's because their literal higher self is fighting them against it. Being like, no, don't go over there. It's unknown. It's really bad. So if we can generally have an idea of what our vision is and then we can ask ourselves okay well what's on the other side of that like if I had that now and I've just timeline jumped into that reality like now what what's there and just like take a look around and usually it's like oh it's better over here I'm more relaxed over here I'm more abundant over here I feel more supported over here and just that simple exercise I feel like so often we're like okay cool I'm gonna go over here because that's actually a lot better it feels safer and all of a sudden things start to move and manifest for us as opposed to maybe just repeating the same kind of loop even though we're taking maybe action so I think that is a really great alignment tool to help us see like evidence and results as well Mm. I love that because it also helps you go from one vibrational feeling to maybe the next best, which shifts everything. And I love that. And thank you for giving us something we can use in our everyday life. I want to go back to, I'm just, it it keeps coming through. I want to go back to where you were talking about your finding magic in the mess. Ooh, yeah, totally. So what was your story there? Yeah, I know. I I left a cliffhanger there. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, I've made a lot of magic in a lot of messes, but specifically the one that comes through. So I went to this leadership event in Australia years ago now. I think it was in 2018 or something. So it was a while back. And that was one of the first like international and attending some sort of event kind of things I'd ever done. I had no idea what to expect. I just heard of this leadership development event and I'm like, cool, they're doing it in Australia, I'll go there. That was all I really knew. And it was this five day immersive leadership development event that had everything from like people sitting down, like taking notes to doing a lot of just stretchy, terrifying things where I guess it must've been like the FOMO in the room that people are then like, doing the things but it was everything for me rapping I like big butts in the street of Brisbane Australia by myself to asking people um, to buy me something like without anything in return and not saying you're part of a leadership challenge or something and actually just asking someone like a stranger in the mall like will you buy me that and for like working through the fear of rejection like there were so many different things but in that event we also for one, got naked in front of everybody else in like a semi-circle. And there was about 150 people there and said our deepest shames, guilts, and fears in front of everybody. That was terrifying um, and really just unlocked so much of doing that. Would I do it again? I'm not sure, but it was definitely illuminating in the process. And while we're at this event, just for, so you can like see the context that there was like, we were getting ripped apart in like really good ways, but it was really confronting it was really shifting I mean people were doing everything from talking to sexual traumas and breakout groups to you know all these different things I'm giving examples of but while this event was happening part of it was we had two days in order to fundraise thirty thousand dollars for a charity of the group's choosing and so from like the time the ticker started you had to get like a hundred plus people together 
to narrow down what is this, what is a charity that we all want to vote on and put this money towards and start the GoFundMe, set everything up. And we were at this event from 8 a.m. to up to 11 p.m. every day, just going hard. So somehow in between lunch breaks, 11 p.m. to 8 a.m., we had like these like little windows to figure out how to raise this money. And I mean, everyone's just like exhausted, broken down, beaten down, getting built back up and trying to fundraise some money for a charity at the time. And what was really cool and what it showed me in terms of making magic in the mess was we ended up fundraising over $38,000 somehow during two days at this event with all of this stuff going on. And I mean, we were also fragile. We had so many other things and activities we were doing, yet somehow we were still able to like meet the, the vision and the objective that had been set out to us. And I've always kind of leaned on that for strength ever since as kind of a pillar and a reminder where I'm like, well, if I can contribute to doing that while I was in that state, it's like, well, even if I'm having a bad day or something's happened in my life, like, does that actually define that I can't still create miracles and like external results? And so that's been one of my big kind of guiding principles in my own life to kind of keep things going, not from a place of like checking it off my list, getting it done. And I think from a manifestation perspective, sometimes we get too caught in the what do I need to do in order to make things happen? But it really is as cliche as it sounds. It's like, who do I need to be? And for the aligned action, it's like, I like asking the question first, okay, well, do I believe it's possible? Do I believe that, you know, I can receive this client or receive this thing or that thing? And it's like, yeah, I do feel like there must be a timeline like that I can receive this. This is why it's come into my field of awareness. And then instead of getting my notebook out, like, what do I need to do? In order for this to happen, I start asking, who do I need to be? And what do I need to do to support the process? Like, how can I speed up the inevitable? And then outside, it might look like I'm still taking the same actions, but it's actually coming from a totally different state of embodied awareness, which I feel like usually does help to make things support things to happen faster, even if there's a lot of like messy factors going on outside as well. Mm. I love that. I love too the highlight of even though your situation or circumstance might be hard or you might be having a hard day, it doesn't mean you're not worthy to receive because I think we see that so much with the toxic positivity movement of mm-hmm. you have to constantly feel good to attract what you want. And then you have one bad day and it just like, well, fuck, now I'm going to reject everything I wanted and I have to start all over. So what's even the point? And I see that so many times with clients and it's so disheartening. And it's also, I feel like really pulls on that trauma and unworthiness that we experience as children and through these hard relationships. So that is just pure gold. Thank you for that. So Jenna, it's been so beautiful and activating to talk to you today. Is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with as they've listened to this message? Mm, Well, first off, thank you so much for creating this platform and letting me co-create this conversation to you and with you. And, you know, I think the big thing is just to anyone listening to this, to let it sink in that you can really truly hold your vision no matter the circumstances, but it does take a level of courage and self-leadership to keep coming back to what your vision is, even if you've out evolved it and you need to redefine it, even if things haven't gone as planned. It's like that continuous 
process for us to connect with that, continuously get curious, well, what could be on the other side of that so we feel safe to move towards it and then to keep embodying that higher self version of us who feels worthy to receive it each day, even if sometimes things feel hard or far away. I love that. And if you want to know more about how, or if you want support on this journey, like I said at the beginning, all of Jenna's links will be in the description wherever you're listening to this. And thank you guys. Thank you, Jenna. And to all my listeners, as always, breathe deep and plan on miracles. Thanks for listening, Divine One. It truly has been an honor to guide you deeper into yourself today. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to create a ripple of support for my podcast, please share it with your friends, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. You can find me on all the socials by searching Nikaila Mariah or checking the link in my bio. As always, breathe deep, plan on miracles, and know life's about to get a whole lot more magical. <laughs>